Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Turn to Ephesians 6.10. So, I've, for several weeks, I talked about your love walk, walking in love, and... I got done last week, and I was like, okay, you know, what am I going to do this week? And I thought, well, naturally, because I kind of felt like I was done, even though there's, you know, there's always more to be had and more to get from the Word of God. So I was like, it kind of naturally would flow into talking about forgiveness. And I was like, yeah, that's definitely what I'm going to do. And then the Lord was like, no, i got something else for you. (laughs) Something a little different. And when that happens, somebody needs it. I mean, we always need the Word of God, but He's very timely. And He wants you, somebody needs it, and He wants you to get this tonight. But how many of you know, when the Word of the Lord goes out to someone, you can take it for yourself. Absolutely, anytime, you can receive it for yourself. So let me read this first scripture, and then I'll tell you what it is. So Ephesians 6.10, the whole armor of God. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. And we did read, I believe we read this last time. Well, I read a whole bunch of Ephesians, so I can't even honestly remember where I was at. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or methods of the devil For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. You know, this shows right there when he's talking about principalities, powers, rulers, this shows how structured the enemy is. He is well prepared. He has a whole... Hierarchy. It's a hard word to say. Hierarchy? Hierarchy. Hierarchy. Oh my gosh, that was easy. I had it all. I don't know how I messed that up. Hierarchy. Gosh. Okay. He has a whole hierarchy, and they're well prepped and well prepared, and this talks about that. And I read this quote from a Chinese general from like, I don't know, thousands of years ago. And one of the things he said, I was like, this this guy was really smart. He said, know thy enemy and know yourself. And I was like, oh, that's really, really good. That's dang near Bible. (laughs) That's, it's that good. It probably is Bible. We could find it. Um, But you need to know the enemy's tactics. You need to be aware of how he's going to come at you. And you need to know yourself, too, so that you're setting yourself up and you're prepared for when he does try to attack you. Amen? So the Bible talks about the whole armor of God. He said, put on the whole armor of God. We have a whole armor ready and, and for us and available for us to put on. And... You do have to know how to put on that armor and be prepared for battle. 
But sometimes you're just in your own home or your own fortress or your own castle and you get attacked. You're not actually on the front line. You can put on all that armor and you can go out and you're like, all right, what am I going to use today? I'm going to use my sword or I'm going to use my shield or I'm going to use the shoes of peace, which I found out recently they are not peaceful shoes. (laughs) I mean, they had all kinds of spikes and things on them and they use that. You kick someone and you just shred them. I mean, it was, it's crazy. Anyway, moving on, get that image out of your mind. So you can be in your own home, your own fortress, your own castle, and be attacked. So how do you fortify your castle in today's world? How are you going to do that? It's basically by keeping the door shut. And so my title, and I don't have a slide, but the title for tonight is Shut the front door. (laughs) And I know that's like 10 years old (laughs) or more. But I couldn't come up with anything better. I'm like, that just fits so perfect. (laughs) Shut the front door. Keep it shut. Keep your door shut. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'll explain it. So you have to keep your door shut. Because the enemy wants to come in and he wants to destroy every relationship He wants to destroy your family. He wants to destroy your marriage. He has a plan for you. We talk a lot about God's plan, but you need to know the enemy also has a plan, and it has your name on it. And if he can destroy you, he will. He will come after you. The good news is we can recognize it, and we have all the power we need to take care of it. Amen? So here's kind of what I envision. I envision like a door that needs to stay shut. And it's where the enemy lurks and strikes and tries to get in. And we need to seal everything up super tight because the enemy can't get in if we keep that door shut. And I'm going to explain it. We, the enemy can't get in, but God can. And look at John 20. That's the cool thing about this. You can fortify your castle. Maybe I should have given it that title. That sounds a lot more fun. Fortify your castle. John 20. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled. This is after Jesus had died and was raised from the dead. Verse what? 19? Oh, sorry. John twenty nineteen. When the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in their midst and said to them, Peace be with you. So God can always get in. We're just shutting out the enemy. Amen? We can't shut out him. Plus, think about it this way. Make sure, you want to make sure you have a door that God wants to come through. And he wants to come in. Amen? Turn to Luke 6, 49. But back to shutting the door. We're going to look at 6. 
Luke 6, 49. Did I tell him? I'm really bad about telling the whole scripture. I think it's an Anderson thing, though. That's, I got that through marriage. But he who heard, I didn't get any looks. And I love this. Did you guys know we can see it on the screen? Well, it's not a screen, but we can see it on the wall now. This is so cool. But he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation, against which the stream beat vehemently. And immediately it fell, and the ruin of that house was great. The stream beat vehemently. The enemy is consistent and persistent. He will beat vehemently to get in. And listen, he can't get in unless you open the door. Amen? You know, this makes me think of this, the three little pigs story with, you know, was it a wolf that was outside? And he huffed and he puffed and he tried to blow the house down. So this scripture totally, I just have that imagery. He's outside and he can't just get in, not unless you let him. So turn to Ephesians 4.17. So why are we talking about a door? Well, let's look at this. Ephesians 4.17 is talking about the new man. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles. We talked about that the last couple of weeks because I said, you are walking something. You're walking it out like the Gentiles, or you're walking it out the way God wants you to walk it out. Amen? You're walking one way or the other. You should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who being past feeling, have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness and greediness. But if you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have taught, been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off... Concerning your former conduct, put off, put off the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Do not grieve the spirit. Therefore, put away lying. Let each of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place. Place is a specific, when you look it up in the Greek, it's kind of twofold. It's a specific location or an opportunity. And it actually fits both here because this is the door that I'm talking about. It can be a specific location. There's a specific area of your life that you walk over and just open the door to the enemy. Or you're opening an opportunity. It kind of works both ways. So nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer, 
but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good. He's saying, stay busy doing what's right, and you won't get in trouble. (laughs) That he may have something to give him who has in need. Let no corrupt word, no corrupt word. You know, one word alone has so much power. It has the power to devastate, and it has the power to change someone's life completely. There's such power in words. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. We've talked about that. We talked about unity, walking in love, and how together we have one accord in the body. And that's how you don't grieve the Holy Spirit. That's how we have an ease of flow in our services. Amen. We talked about that. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. By whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Walk in love. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. And we talked about that too. So it says, when I read, it says, let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away. So there's, there's emphasis in all of this about putting something away and putting something on. And the reason is, as long as you are living in a body... And you, your feet are touching this earth. You are going to have to deal with this. You are going to have to put away these things. When you get born again, you do not just instantly, oh, I just love everybody. It's you're going to struggle in your flesh and you are always, and you know what? It's good to know. Thank God he's telling us. He's saying, hey, you're normal. You're going to have to deal with these things. You're going to feel these things. You're going to have these things pop up in your life. But he's telling us what to do. He says, put it away. And when I think of that, it reminded me of, I, you know, I can fly and I have a pilot's license. And I told the kids at the school when I used to teach, I uh, taught first graders. And I was like, oh, they're going to love this. So I was telling them about airplanes. And then I told them I could fly. And they were like, Wow. I think they didn't think women could fly. And I, I think that that kind of blew their minds. You know, like, whatever. It's 2023. I mean, come on. But anyway, so there, I told them, I said, well, you know, I can bring in my license and you can see it. You know, wouldn't that be kind of cool? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to bring it in tomorrow. And so I realized I go home and I can't find it anywhere. I still can't find it. I put that thing away. (laughs) I put it away somewhere special so it wouldn't get lost. I mean, I put it away. I put it away so good. I don't know. I'm going to have to call the FAA and get another one. So that's disappointing. So I couldn't bring it in and show the kids. But that's the kind of put away he wants you to do with this. (laughs) Okay? Put it away so you never find bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor. Put it away so you can't find it again. Amen. 
So what opens the door to the enemy? Well, first of all, you do. Stop. (laughs) You open the door to the enemy. I mean, that's a good news, bad news. It's good news to know that he can't just turn that handle and walk in. He can't do it. He cannot do it. Specifically, you open the door to the enemy with your mouth. And I said, your words are powerful, right? Turn to Genesis 3. We're going to look at one incidence. You must watch your mouth. Your words are powerful. He will, you with your words, you can give him permission and he will come in and wreak havoc in your relationships, in your family, if you let him. Your mouth gives him permission. And it's kind of like, I wish I had a door with a handle. I'm going to go over to this one. It's kind of like when you, you're like, well, I know I'm, I'm not supposed to say this, but you're like, come on in. You just open the door. Or you're like, I'm just going to tell it like it is because this, this is just, it, just it, it is what it is. You're like, come on in, big bad wolf. I know I'm not supposed to share this, but you're opening that door every single time. And you let him, listen, the enemy is going to whisper things to you. And if you let him toy with your emotions and you, you meditate on what he's telling you or your ideas or, or you go with your feelings, it's going to trigger you to action. And then you're going to do something and you're going you're gonna to open that door. And he's going to come in and he's going to do his thing. So let's look at somebody real quick in the Bible who had this happen? Genesis 3. Who do you think we're talking about? We're talking about Eve. Sorry, ladies. I'm picking on Eve here. But it was, it, for me, it was a really good example. So now the serpent, I'm in 3-1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field. He was smart. He was stealthy. He was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. Apparently he forgot who made him. He got real haughty. (laughs) The Lord made him. I love how God emphasizes which the Lord God had made. That's not in there by accident. He, He was made. He was not made for this, but he was made. God did create him. He's He's the only one that created us all. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? First of all, have you ever read that and were like, why is she talking to a snake and not freaking out? Seriously, I'd like to do a really big study on this because to me, I mean, there's no emphasis on, like, she ran and hid behind a bush and was, like, scared. I mean, they're having a conversation. So things were different before the fall. Things were really different. To me, it sounds like it was super cool, but 
So, has God indeed said? He's, he's putting some ideas in her mind. Now, what should she have done right then? She should have shut it down. <laughs> she should have shut that door. And the woman said to the serpent, so instead of saying, because basically he's saying, well, it sounds like God's a liar. Did he really say you shouldn't eat of every tree in the garden? He's basically calling him a liar. And instead of shutting him down, she continued in the mental realm because this is how we do it. You start rolling it over. If you get in that mental arena with the thoughts that you know aren't good, you're going to lose every time. And this is exactly where he wants you. Exactly. You've got to recognize this. The scriptures I gave last week or the week before, I believe it's Philippians 4.8, about what you need to think on, what you need to meditate on. You need to write that down and put it on your mirror every morning and remind yourself, this is what you think on. Because he's not going to give you, he's not going to whisper stuff in your ear that fits that. Things that are true, things that are praiseworthy, things that are lovely. Stuff that he says is not. What, what he said, there was a truth in it. But it wasn't, it wasn't lovely. It was accusatory. And she should have shut it down right then. So the woman, she decided to go with it. She's having this whole conversation. Well, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, and you shall not touch it lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you're not going to die. So he's saying God's a liar. For God knows in that day you eat of it, your eyes are going to be open. You're going to be really smart, and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil. First of all, that woman in that garden that God created was a genius. He made her perfect. He made her, with everything she needed, the most perfect brain. She was smart. She didn't need to become smarter. She did get deceived. She, she didn't know that there was going to be this temptation. That's different. But he's found something that he can dangle in front of her that she will be interested in. And that's the way the enemy works. He's going to find something uh, tailor-made that you'll be interested in to get your attention. He's very seductive. He knows what he's doing. So when the woman saw that the tree... The woman saw that the tree was good for food. Now, how did she see it was good for food and pleasant to the eyes? She's thinking about it, and then she's like, oh, I'm going to go check it out. Now she's moved to action. I'm going to go see what this is about. After all, it does look really good. She took of its fruit and ate, and then she gave to her husband, and I'm sure she said, hey, Look, nothing happened. I know God said she partnered right along with the enemy. I know God said we would die, but look, I'm obviously here. Nothing happened, and then he ate it. And then the eyes of both of them are opened, and so we we know the rest. But the enemy knows exactly how to get in. And when anything that he whispers to you, 
or it comes through someone else that you know is not a part of that group, just shut it down because that is opening the door. It's opening the door and just saying, come on in, wreak havoc with my emotions, wreak havoc in my castle. And we know better than that. Amen? So you have to watch your thoughts because your thoughts always yearn to manifest into words, and then your words can become action. So you have to guard and watch your thoughts. Amen? Proverbs 21-23 says, Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from trouble, from troubles. Proverbs 10-21, The lips of the righteous feed many. This is how powerful your words are. The lips of the righteous feed many, but fools or one who's quarrelsome, die for lack of wisdom. Your lips are powerful. Your words are powerful. But they go both ways. They have the power to let God come in, let God flow in. We come in here together, and we start worshiping and honoring God. And I mean, God is, we're conduits. He is flowing through us. He is moving. He is doing big things. And it's because of our words. You've got to move your mouth when it comes to praise and worship. We have such, um, such powerful services when we're together. But our word, it's our words. Everything comes from our words. It started in Genesis when God created everything. He did it through his words. He created us in his likeness. We're supposed to operate like him. It pleases him so much to see us operating like him and doing everything the way that he did it. He loves it. Why, you know, parents love to see their kids, like, step into their shoes as far as, like, following in their footsteps, like, parents are so proud to see their kid do something that they used to be able to do or, or say um, they follow a career that maybe the dad or the mom had. Parents are so proud. Where do we get that from? We get that from him. He is so proud to see us using our faith, to see us subduing, dominating like we were supposed to do in the garden. He loves it. He loves to see us when we shut the enemy down, when we shut that door, and he has to flee. He's like, that's my boy. He gets a big smile on his face. It pleases him. So let me give you one uh, last example, and then I think we're going to get out a couple minutes early, but you guys can fellowship until they're done next door. So I'm going to call this one, it's a personal example. I'm going to call this one Pizzagate. And I know in the last five years, Pizzagate probably has a weird uh, thing about it that you've heard. Throw that out. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about a pedophile ring, okay? I know some of you know what I'm talking about. It has nothing to do with that. This is my own personal Pizzagate. And I'm telling on myself, hey, did we, honey, did we announce yet that we're doing a marriage seminar in October? Oh, we're doing a marriage seminar in October. And we're super, super excited. And it's not, it's not like just for young marrieds or anything. What? 
Oh, sorry. That was kind of stupid, wasn't it? <laughs> anyway, so I'm super excited. It's for anyone who's married or, like, engaged and about to be married because there's, there's, it's going to be really good. So I'm super excited about it. So I'm going to tell him myself, which, unfortunately, that involves him too. <laughs> so our kids were really little. Um, I think it was, like, six and under maybe. We had three kids, six and under. And Jack was, you know, Jack's the oldest. And he was like six, six, I think he was in first grade or something. I don't know, he might have been in kindergarten. Anyway, they were all really young. And it was spring break. And we decided to meet and have lunch at Pizza Hut. And honestly, don't remember if the kids were with us. They had to be. They had to be. Anyway, so we were eating at Pizza Hut. And just having lunch, you know, should have been lovely, and it wasn't. <laughs> we, we got in a fight. And uh, not a throat. Yeah, yeah. Me and my wonderful husband. And he probably doesn't even remember this at all. And um, not, not, a, not a knockdown, you know, knockout, throwdown kind of fight. A verbal communication that went wrong. We'll put it that way. Just like every marriage has. Right? And so we got in a fight. And um, then when we were done, we weren't talking to each other anymore after that. So, like, he went back to work, and I just left. And we just went our, we we didn't settle it, let's just say. And so we went our separate ways. And um, we were selling our house that was behind the school at that time. And the house was totally empty. We hadn't sold it yet. And I needed to go straight from Pizza Hut to the house. I had, like, one last thing I had to do. We had these back doors that we had bought, like, the paper blinds that you can put that hang down. Because we were just, we, were, we knew we weren't going to be in the house long. So we, we super cheaped it out. And we put the paper blinds. And the paper blinds, like, they just stick. I don't know, Lowe's has, like, an adhesive to them. Well, they had been up there for like 18 months. And so when we took them down, it left this gross residue. And so I'm like, all right, I got to go to the house. I've got, a, I've got my uh, goo gone, and I'm going to spray it, and I'm going to get that stuff off. And I've got an empty house. And, like, the kids can just run free and do whatever. I mean, what can happen? There's nothing in the house. There's, like, there's no dishes. There's, there's nothing, nothing. Just me and my goo gone and my washcloth. And I'm, you have to squirt it and kind of let it sit. And um, I'm up on, like, a ladder. And this was, like, less than an hour after we got into, got into it. So I'm trying to get the goo gone off. And then I hear... I'm like, what? Like, bang. Like, what was that? And then I hear the, ah, the, you know, the screaming bloody murder. And I'm like, oh, Lord. And, I mean, that was exactly my attitude. Because, you know, when you've got little kids like that, they, they, they get a boo-boo and they scream bloody murder. And it's so stupid. And you're just like, you're fine. Let me find a little band-aid and kiss it. And then you move on. So I'm like because I'm not getting anything done. It's hard to get stuff done when you've got kids that age. Just to get anything done, it feels like it's so hard. And so I go over, and it's Jack. And what he had done, I guess this is a good, 
This is a good wall right here. This little one, if you could see it. It kind of comes to a point right here. Well, he, they were playing hide and seek. And then Jack, I don't know, or Tag or something. And he went running and just tripped on his flip-flop and just went head first. Just bam, right into that corner. And so he's like this. And so I, I pick him up and I go and I put him on the counter in the kitchen. And he's just like, you know, he's got that, that, that cry. And so I'm like thinking like, really, you know, how bad can this be? You know, probably maybe you'll have a goose egg. And so I take his, his hands, he's holding it, and I pull him apart to look at his head and, like, I see skull. I mean, <laughs> straight up. And then the blood's just pouring. I mean, the white, white, white skull. It was about this long. And, I mean, he just split it. Split it right open. And I'm like, and I, I've had times where he fell in the past. And I came to Jackie and was like, does this need stitches? Does it not? Because she's a good judge. And I'm like, oh, I know. <laughs> There's no going to Jackie this time. I'm like, oh, my gosh. This is ridiculous. Like, so we went. And, I mean, like, $1,000 later, because our insurance was not that great at the time. And they... So it was expensive. We go to the ER. They have to put them in this whole, like, papoose thing. It's like a strape jacket for children. And because, you know, they don't want them to reach up when they're doing everything. Well, he had split the the doctors, like, here, if you're not, you know, you're you're cool with gross, come look at this. So he, I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. It didn't make me sick or anything. And so I come and I look, and he's got the flashlight, and he's like, well, it's, you know, it's pretty bad. He split the lining of his skull, which I didn't even know you had that. Apparently there's a lining, and then you have the rest of, you know, like the fat layer and then the rest of your skin and everything. He split that, and he's like, I have to stitch that together first and then put all the skin back. He said, and he said I know it looks terrible, but he said, the good news is you don't need an x-ray because look. <laughs> and he, he held that skin apart and was shining through his whole forehead. I'm like, I can see my boy's whole skull. (laughs) Like, oh my gosh. He's like, it's fine. He didn't crack it. It's just a cut and it'll be fine. And it was. But my whole point in this is, and I'm not saying every time you slip up that the enemy's just going to roast you and you're going to have the worst day ever. But I am saying It's awfully coincidental that within the hour, we had that happen. It was so dumb. I'm like, you can't get hurt on anything in this house. He found the, like, one sharp corner, (laughs) rammed his head into it, $1,000 later. I'm like, I know the enemy. He was ready. He was looking, and he saw that inroad. We opened that door wide, and he came right on through and went straight to our kids. Man, and like I said, don't take this that, you know, every time. Listen, you mess up, you can shut that door back really quickly. (laughs) Just repent. Just say, I'm sorry, Lord, I messed up. Shut that door. We left that door wide open, and the enemy took advantage. You know, he's going to look for any way to gain 
entrance. And thank God we know better. We have the word of God. When we have to, like I said earlier, when we have to battle it out, we have the tools necessary to do it. But when we're, you know, we're in our own castle, we know what to do. We know how to fortify and we know how to shut the enemy out and keep him out. Amen. God's so faithful. He truly has given us everything we need, everything we need. I'm so grateful to have the word. I'm so grateful that I know, I know the tactics, the methods of the enemy. And I'm grateful I'm in a church where I can learn these things because people don't learn this anywhere. You can go to churches all over and they'll be like, well, it was the Lord's will. I'm sure it was a blessing in disguise somehow. But honestly, that's what they'll tell you. And that's not what the word of God says. Man, we have such a wealth of knowledge in this church. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. So grateful for the word of God. I'm so grateful for this church. Man. So let's pray. Lord, we love you. We're so grateful. Thank you. Thank you for giving us everything we need. So when the enemy tries to gain entrance, we can put a stop to him immediately. You've given us all the power we need. You've given us your word. We fill our mouths with your word and it's powerful. It's powerful. We're so grateful. We purpose this week. We're going to focus on what's right, what's lovely, what's true, what's praiseworthy. We're going to meditate and talk on those things. And we are not going to open the door to the enemy. We purpose to follow your word because we love the results. We love when you come in and make yourself at home and change things and fix things. You're the only one that we want to come in. And you so desire to do that. And we're so grateful. We love you, Lord. We invite you to come in and we will shut the door to the enemy. We will not, we will not entertain and we will not take the bait to open that door to let him in. And we thank you, Lord, that we have that authority that he can't just come in. You've given us authority in Christ and we're so grateful. We love you, Lord. We honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.